Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Is it time? Let's do this. It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest-running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. Welcome back to another edition of Real Golf Radio as we look back at the 149th Open Championship where Colin Morikawa is the champion golfer of the year, capturing the Open at Royal St. George's. The 24-year-old made golf history, becoming the first player to win two major championships in his first attempts, having captured the PGA Championship last fall. Morikawa now two for eight in majors. He has five wins on the PGA Tour, moves to number one in the FedEx Cup standings, number three in the world rankings we'll get into all of what happened last weekend how it unfolded plus look forward to the olympics next week rex hoggard from golf channel was on the ground there at royal st george's he joins us coming up in a few moments to give us his insights and thoughts plus america's favorite caddy will stop by as well bob casper uh with me here i'm brian taylor thanks for being alongside at real golf is the twitter handle where you can hit us up also thanks for tuning in on sirius xm iheart radio any of your favorite podcaster sites or our great affiliate radio stations including our flagship station 97.5 and 1280 the zone in salt lake city utah partner it was uh quite a weekend and thrilling finish although I, I did say early once Colin Morikawa grabbed that lead he has proven to me in his young career as a guy that just doesn't make mistakes I mean Jordan Spieth can make mistakes Bryson DeChambeau can make mistakes heck Tiger Woods could make mistakes guys that were a little bit wild off the tee and yet it seems like Morikawa is just the steady Eddie kind of player where hey if he gets out in front good luck catching me well, you know, the thing about Colin Morikawa is he, he's the consummate ball striker, and he hits the ball great, um, especially with his irons. So um, when he's when he's chipping the ball well, when he's putting the ball well, and I think because of the slowness of the greens, it allowed him to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, w- when he's doing those things well with his short game, then Colin Morikawa is um, – is going to have a chance to win just about every week when that's when that's happening. So um, I was impressed by his composure. Um, I was impressed by his talking after the round mm. and some of the things that he said. And uh, I just I just thought it was really cool. This guy's made the rise to number three in the world in 24 months, 
and uh, very reminiscent of Jordan Spieth. And Jordan Spieth right on his heels all the way along. I think uh, while he did have a couple of bogeys early, I really think it's the way he finished Saturday, Bob, that was most disheartening. 100%. A bad shot yep. on 17 and then just a kind of a brain cloud there where he misses a tap in that uh, would have been a par and makes bogey there on 18 on Saturday. We'll get into all of that. We'll talk about speed, talk about Rom, Louie. Ah, oh, so close once again. We'll hit it all next. Thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. To get your highest performing tour ball, you need to build it with the highest quality. To get the highest quality, you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints. And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D X-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. Those who know love heading to St. George, Utah for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What if there was a Scottsdale-style golf resort in St. George where you can stay and play? And what if you could own your own residence there? Well, now there is. Introducing Black Desert Resort at Entrada. The second and final chapter of the Entrada Vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, hiking trails through preserved lava flows, spa, world-class dining and shopping, and a Tom Weiskopf Championship Golf Course. It's literally an out door paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifelong memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at blackdesertresort.com. Blackdesertresort.com. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available now. Black Desert Resort at Entrada. Unlike anything you've experienced before. Now, back to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on Real Golf Radio. Real Golf Radio. 
All right, welcome back. Brian and Bob with you. This segment brought to you in part by Callaway Golf. Go to CallawayGolf.com. Here's something I found interesting while I was cruising around CallawayGolf.com this week. They have a section called Tour Limited where you can actually buy the the, the actual clubs that the players use on the PGA Tour. So, for instance, Mm. they have the Epic Speed Triple Diamond Drivers. So you might yeah, not have heard of the triple diamond, but that's what the guys are using out on tour. A lot of these guys, they, they have triple diamond LS drivers as well. They got jaws forged wedges that are, that are uh, made for tour guys. And then they've got these apex TCB irons, Ooh. which are kind of cool too. So tour limited, go to CallawayGolf.com, check out tour limited. And uh, so the apex uh, TCB, it says apex TCB irons are precision engineered for forged performance, shot making and control in a tour inspired forged 1025 players cavity back. It's a classic compact look and spec package that's suited for the best players. They're the same model they're emphasizing that Callaway staffer John Rahm used to win the 2021 U.S. Open Championship. So there you go. You play the exact same ones. There you go. If you want to get in on the tour, they're $200 an iron, just so you know. So they're going to add up a little bit. But, hey, if you want the opportunity, Callaway's making it available at CallawayGolf.com. And John Rahm, by the way, uh, the tournament favorite going into the Open, did not disappoint, although it took him a a little bit to kind of shift gears. He did make a push on the weekend and get himself in there with a tie for third with Louis Oosthuizen with a 66 in that final round. And, Bob, what's 66, if that sounds familiar? That's because what the top three players shot 66, Colin Morikawa, Sunday 66, Jordan Spieth, Sunday 66, John Rahm, Sunday 66. Oh, and also tied for third there, Louis Oosthuizen, the 54-hole leader, mm, 71. The worst score in the top 14 yeah. um, at on, on to finish out on Sunday, which was unfortunate. I don't know that we want to start with Louis, but we can since I mentioned it. Uh, I, I feel for Louis a little bit. I, I mean, I, I kind of... I'm, I was I was a little bit sick for him. In fact, I'm actually a little bit worried about it because in today's sport, it's such such a big deal is made out of something like that. Oh, Louie with another 54-hole lead in a major championship can't get it done. And I'm not sure if it's so much negative as there's some positive tones there. We talk about it with Tony Finau, who we're friends with and we root for here, a uh, local guy. You know, he's put himself in position many times and he's only won once on the PGA Tour. Is that a negative that you continue to put yourself in position but don't quite win? It's hard to win. Or is it start to just overwhelm you to the point where you wonder, why do I even play this game? Well, let me tell you why you play it, Louie. Because you're a heck of a player. I'm yeah. toning it down here. And you made a lot of money. You're supporting your family. You're putting together a nice career. And it's really hard to, to win out there on the PGA Tour. And you know what? He's fun to watch. So while I I know he's disappointed, and I'm sure this is going to take some time to process, you know what? Louis played some great golf, some tremendous top-level golf. It just hasn't quite worked out for him. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how different people handle different situations. Um, you know, Louis now um, with three times in this year of 2021 had opportunities to win another major championship and wasn't able to get it done. You know, he's he's one of the top putters on the PGA Tour, although his putter let him down in the final round. Um, he was uh, above the field average in putting. But, you know, his approach shot 72%. His, uh, his driving 71% in the final round. But he made three bogeys and only two birdies. And, uh, and, and that cost him. It, unfortunate. 
um, that Colin Morikawa was playing with him in the final final group the last two days. Uh, Colin Morikawa, like you said, shot four under par, and Louie would have uh, would have needed to shoot a score like that to keep pace. But you could see it early on in in his round on the fourth hole and the seventh hole when he kind of hit un, very uncharacteristic shots um, compared to what he had done the first the first three days and. Um, it, uh, it just looked like he was, he was struggling with his swing, um, with his approach shots and, and that's what cost him. You look at Rory McIlroy trying to complete the career grand slam at Augusta and it starts tallying. He's over, what is mm-hmm. he? Six now tries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you look at Lee Westwood coming into the week was asked, answering questions about, I think he's now over 81 or 82 or something in majors. Mm-hmm. Colin Morikawa, a uh, Colin Montgomery, excuse me, faced that throughout his career uh, that there's a lot of, you know, and Lee Westwood said, you know, he answered it. I thought as I probably would have answered that question is, wow, well, you know what? There's not a lot of folks that get to play 81 consecutive majors or, you know, I don't know. I'm sure it's a consecutive, yeah. but play that many majors over their career. That, that means I've had a pretty, pretty good career, you know, to be able to be in those, that number of major championships. So right. there's a lot of ways to spin it. At the end of the day, it's the, the, the moment seemed to overwhelm Louis. Would you agree? I, it felt like everybody was was charging, and Louis was getting kind of lost in the backwash a little bit, you know, left in the dust, so to speak. And it feels, you know, I feel like I said, feel for Louis, but he he didn't do what he needed to do to win. And, and hats off to Colin Morikawa. And let's shift there back to, to to Colin. We we talked about him in the open there, but you know, Morikawa, uh, some phenomenal play. I look at the way he conducted himself at the WGC around a difficult concession mm-hmm. golf course. I look at the way he was in a jam-packed leaderboard at Harding Park last fall and separated himself by hitting the shot of the tournament, driving the par four and making the eagle. He seized the moment, and then he didn't give it up. And I just feel like he's a little that way. Once he gets it, he's not going to give it up. Now, maybe somebody will come and overtake it from him at some point, but he, he just seems to be the guy that, that makes mistakes. I can't remember who tweeted it out. One of the golf writers that I follow said, you know, one thing I've learned in covering golf, it's hard to overtake guys that just make pars and birdies. Yeah, and, and just make hit fairways and hit greens and give themselves lots of opportunities. You know, let's not – Let's remember what he was able to do. He was able to make some key par putts coming down the stretch. Oh, yeah. Some some, you know, eight to ten to twelve footers. And Jordan Spieth even went so far as to say in his post round um interview that he kept he tried to keep the pressure on and he needed some help from Colin to mm-hmm. to allow him to but he kept making those par putts at that kept the round going, that kept him going forward. Um, and a lot of times when you make those in a round, they are a huge boost to you to propel you on uh, to making and, and continuing to play well. Let's shift to Jordan then because you're right. Jordan is the one that made the charge that was close enough starting the day outside of Louie to be able to make a charge, and he did. You know, Sunday 66, finished two back at 13 under and absolutely needed some help. Wasn't able to get it, but Bob, what do you have, three straight birdies there uh, as he was making the turn and, you know, really trying to put the heat, but there it was. Morikawa was, you know, kind of matched him, you know, did what he needed to do, wasn't yeah. what didn't give up the ground. And I was it on 10 that Morikawa hit it up over? over the ridge and down from about 
what, 20 feet and made it for par. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. Yep. Uh, how many guys are going to make that putt? So, you know, yeah, may, maybe Morikawa's putter isn't normally um, the best, but well, he sure figured something out with the standard grip from distance and the saw grip from close range and did, didn't make a bogey. Yeah, um, Jordan played his last 12 holes in six under par wow. after making two bogeys on the front nine on the fourth and the sixth hole. Um, comes back with an eagle at seven and and uh, birdies nine and ten, and again on uh, thirteen and fourteen, and then wasn't able to make one coming in. But um, Jordan, you know, Jordan had a difficult time on Saturday. It probably cost him the tournament. Um, the first one was that he was uh, on the par for fourteenth hole, the second easiest hole on the course. Um, he was even with the front right of the green. He putted and came up fifteen feet short and made par. That was a that was a huge mistake. He could have chipped it a lot closer than he putted it. Um, then on the seventeenth hole, from about sixty-five to seventy yards, he hit a low bumping shot in to try to get it up over the front ridge, and uh, came up just a little bit short and ended up making bogey. And then the eighteenth hole, he had the brain cramp and missed that two two and a half footer. Um, so he really gave away three or four shots, which would have propelled him on probably to to win the golf tournament, but. Um, you can't look back at that um, and say, you know, that that is what cost him. He played his guts out on Sunday after after those first two bogeys and was able to uh, get right back in the mix and, and get a shot back and, and have a chance. 267, uh, that's the uh, tournament low for uh, record low for lowest total by a runner-up. Uh, that's Phil Mickelson did that in 2016 in that battle with Henrik Stenson. Yeah. He has 11 top four finishes now in 35 major appearances. Uh, uh, the runner-up marks his best finish in a major since he won the Open Championship back in 2017 and marks his ninth top 10 of the season. Second runner-up, Charles Schwab Challenge, and he won the 21 Valero Texas Open for his 12th career victory on the PGA Tour. Rex Hoggard was on scene. He's going to give us his insights coming up next right here on real golf radio hotel park city along with the spa and ruth's chris steakhouse are open parents were tired forced into homeschooling juggling work at home and kids at home well Take a staycation and escape to Hotel Park City. The pool's open, fitness center, bandanas grill, Roost Chris, the spa, and the golf course. From suites and the cottages that offer private hot tubs on the balcony and three fireplaces, you got to get away. To Hotel Park City, call 435-940-5077. That's 435-940-5077 for reservations today. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Hey, when you're not hunting birdies on the golf course, you may just want to hunt or shoot. Get some guns and ammo. Yeah, it's what you want. It's also the name of the store. Stop in one of the four locations along the Wasatch Front with Get Some Guns and Ammo stores in Murray, Orem, Layton, and Tooele. A great selection of firearms, an indoor shooting range for rifle, pistols, and shotguns, and Get Some has a large selection of range gun rentals so you can try it before you buy it. Beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some Guns and Ammo, open seven days a week. 
You might know Mountain Land Supply for its plumbing products, but did you know Mountain Land Supply also carries landscaping, irrigation supplies, and tools? They can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe, sprinkler heads, and nozzles to use for your yard. Using smartphone technology, you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers. For all your landscaping needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir Bruce and Boyd Summerhays Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at hoopsvision.com Vision.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. Looking back at last week's 149th Open Championship at Royal St. George's and one of the few that were on the ground uh, privileged enough to be there and witness what took place is Golf Channel's Rex Hoggard, and he's kind enough to be with us right now. Hey, Rex, how are you? Welcome back. Thanks. Appreciate you guys having me back. Yeah, good to have you on the show. So, uh, I mean, when I saw Colin Morikawa take the lead early on Sunday – I just said, they're not going to catch him. He's a young pro that has established a reputation as a guy that just doesn't make mistakes. And, you know, there was, it was a spectacular Sunday, really great stuff to watch. I mean, it, it presented well on TV, but it really felt to me like, you know, I just, did, I just didn't see Morikawa coming back to the field. I thought it would take some crazy something. You know, Louie almost banged one in off the flag on the par three. You know, though it felt like it would have taken some – Thing like that to chase down Colin Morikawa. What is it about? What have you observed about him that's so spectacular that makes him such a great closer? Well, and I've, I've kind of been dubious when it came to Colin Morikawa. I mean, he's a wonderful player. I just, just felt like he was kind of a streaky player, and I would point to his putting. I always point to his putting because statistically, he's not very good at all. If you look, I think he's 172nd mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour this, this season in strokes game putting, and what he does do well is his iron play. I don't know if there's a better iron, long iron player on the PGA Tour at the moment. And he can drive the ball well, although, again, that's true. Everything came together. And when everything comes together last week, like it did at the PGA Championship last fall at TPC Harding Park, like it did early this season at the WGC in South Carolina, you're right. He, he is unbeatable. And you saw some guys make a run at him. And certainly, you know, you would look at what Jordan Spieth did on Sunday, and you would think in a different universe against a different player, that might have been enough, mm-hmm. given that there was crowds and he could hear it for the first time and, everything that goes into trying to win a major championship. And it just wasn't, he was just relentless. And I, the next time he doesn't hit the center of the club base, I think will be the first time. And that's hard to beat. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. His meteoric rise up to number three in the world and and uh, you know leading the U.S. team in Ryder Cup rankings just in a you know a short two years, twenty six months, something like that, with five wins and two major championships. It's been pretty spectacular for him. It really has. And look, when you kind of look at the skill set, it's it's pretty amazing because I again I don't know if I would consider him a three tool player as opposed to maybe other players who if you look at, I mean, certainly Dustin Johnson and, and John Rahm who are going, you know, back and forth in one and two in the world. I mean, there's a power element to their game. And so that's, that's sort of the outlier right now. I mean, if you don't have a power game, how do you get it done on the PGA Tour? And Morikawa is not short by any stretch of the imagination, but he's more in the category of a Jordan Spieth, where he's very much middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above middle of the pack, but he's not going to overpower a golf course. So the way he's doing it is completely different than what we've come to expect from the modern athletes. I think that's impressive in and of itself. So a little bit of a throwback. Uh, the older guys on the broadcast uh, seem to gravitate to that, like, hey, this is the way the game used to be played, and really cheering his style along. Uh, look, it, you know, the game is going to continue to evolve, but it, but at the end of the day, you've got to hit fairways, you've got to hit greens, you've got to make putts. Um, is it easier the further down the fairway you are? Sure. But uh, I think it's, you know, in, in all the commotion around Bryson and Brooks to see somebody like Morikawa just out there, you know, putting on a stripe show, it is kind of throwback, but kind of refreshing and fun to watch. It really is. And like I said, it's a different style of play. And, and you're going to, we're going to look at this later somewhere down the road when we sort of do the scientific study on what he's done. And he's going to be such an outlier. I think people are going to say, well, maybe that is the way to play the game, like the way sort of a generation of players have been brought up having watched Tiger Woods do it and then everyone who followed him who thought that, okay, there's only one way to do this and that's hitting the ball as absolutely far as you can. That's not the case at all. And I think not only, you know, Morikawa's is the obvious example in the recency bias, but certainly Jordan Spieth is another very good example. Well, I was I was going to go right to Jordan Spieth. You know, Brian and I were talking at the beginning of the year. If you could have a wish for the year, what would you want as one of you, one of those wishes? And now we're six months into the year. Um, we both said we'd love to see Jordan Spieth back and, and him winning a golf tournament, um, at which he did earlier on in the year before the before the Masters. And now we come to the middle of the year, and he's fighting neck and neck with Colin Morikawa coming down the stretch, so to speak, with, um, in, in the Open Championship. Your thoughts about Jordan Spieth and, and um, his play and – his uh, rising up also in the Ryder Cup rankings. He's number seven right now. Um, your thoughts, is he going to make the Ryder Cup team and uh, where he's at right now in his career? Oh, I don't see any way that he doesn't make it onto the Ryder Cup team. I mean, Steve Stricker's got enough issues and big decisions to deal with. That one seems pretty easy. I wouldn't try to overthink that one. He fits into the team room. He's playing very, very well. And I've argued all along that golf is at his best with Jordan at his best, simply because yeah. he is so entertaining to watch. I think anyone who watched him certainly Saturday and Sunday at Rural St. George's would be like, yeah, man, he's fun. Like there aren't any unspoken thoughts and Michael Greller's constantly getting an earful and animated and just the things he does makes him sort of that must watch character. Right. And then you factor in the idea that he has suddenly found a way to play his way out of whatever hole he was in. And I couldn't, you know, I would be very curious to wonder when he thinks rock bottom was, and not just to get back, but to get back in a way where now he is showing up at major championships and you're thinking to yourself, if he has a decent week on the greens, and look, a decent week for him is, is sort of historic week for other players, but for him it's just a decent week, he's going to win this by multiple strokes. 
Rex Hoggard, Golf Channel, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Uh, love, love seeing Jordan playing the way he is. John Rahm put himself back in there. Both those players with 66s on Sunday. Louis, uh, Louis found himself in a position once again and wasn't able to capitalize. Uh, I, I read your piece on it, and uh, you know he didn't speak to the media, as you pointed out afterwards, and, and I loved your comment, like rightly so. What is there left to say at this point? This is one where I really have a hard time you know, 20 plus years of covering golf and talking about it. And these players is, you know, you, the whole goal is to put yourself there. And when you put yourself there enough times, you usually break through and win. So if you put yourself there and you don't win, is, is that a negative or a positive? Is it positive because you're getting yourself there or is it just simply all overshadowed by the negativity of not closing the deal? And for this one, it, you almost feel a little bit bad for Louie because of all of the discussion and commentary around what, how close he's come without having won one since 2010. What, what's your thoughts? What's your analysis on, on Louie and how he's gone about these majors? Yeah, I'm curious what the next nine months will be until the next major championship for Louis, because now he's kind of he has to unpack all of these things. And and I did a couple of interviews on Saturday and Sunday when I was in England, sort of asking these same questions. And I kind of always went back to the idea that, to your point, that Tiger Woods, who let's face it, he's the standard in all this. He says that all you can do is give yourself a chance on Sunday on the back nine, and then you sort of have to take over from there. And you're not going to get it done every time. Even Tiger Woods didn't get it done every single time in his career. And certainly Louis has done that. And then the discussion becomes in these three near misses. And of course you look at the U.S. Open, PGA Championship, and now the Open Championship. Did he lose or did he get beat? And I think there's varying degrees of both in there. I would argue that Lacombe Morikawa was going to be tough to beat on Sunday. And certainly just the way he played, Louis would have had to do something, not special, but he would have had to shoot a round that wasn't easy. And again, we have the tendency sometimes of thinking that just because they make it look easy, it is, and it isn't. We all know that. And it, it, I think in his mind, he can probably work it out that, okay, I just got beat. But having it happen three times in one season, that was going to be hard to digest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, it was, the thing about Sunday was exciting is, you know, you had all these guys that were – uh, in, in the top of the world rankings that were kind of in the mix, you know, Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Rom, um, as you talked about Morikawa. Um, what are what are some of your takeaways as far as the leaderboard on Sunday and and how those guys played? But also, what who are you dis, who were you disappointed in last week there at the Open Championship? Uh, and he had a big Sunday, but I'm going to go with Brooks because he played his way out of it on Saturday, and that's not what. Brooks when he's in full flight does and I don't think you know for a couple of different reasons we didn't probably didn't see the best Brooks this year at least at the major championships of course there was injury to deal with but towards the end that's certainly at the PGA championship where he had a very good opportunity and he should have had a very good opportunity going into Sunday but he played his way out of it Dustin Johnson did the same thing and you're starting to wonder right now about Dustin Johnson's game I mean look mathematically he was the world number one, and I believe John Rahm overtook him again, and I think that's probably going to happen back and forth over the next couple of weeks. But I don't know that he has that edge that he probably had last year when he won the Masters. So those are the two that kind of stick out in my mind. Seven majors in 11 months. Uh, Colin Morikawa bookends them. You know, we talked about this going into it. Say, you know what, as disappointing as – 
it was to have all those events canceled last summer, it did stack them up in a way that if somebody was able to get hot during this stretch, they could pick off a couple, two or three major championships because that's just the way golf goes. I mean, if you're, if you're on fire, you're going to light them up. I mean, we've seen players do that over the years, but never with an opportunity to play seven in less than a year. And so you look back on it and you go, well, there you go. Colin Morikawa picked up two of those seven major championships. And then you fill in the rest of them with Bryson, DJ, Matsuyama, unlikely Phil Mickelson win, and, and then John Rahm. When you look back on these seven, is what, what's your biggest takeaway? Uh, I know in your podcast with Ryan Lavner on Golf Channel, you guys went through and ranked them. I don't know if you want to go through that and, and spoil it. We'll, we'll leave the teaser there for, for the Golf Channel one. But just your thoughts on, um, on those majors and the way those players played. I'd be glad to go back over him, but I don't remember him. And he kind of caught me off guard <laughs> on that one. I, mean, I didn't see it coming, so I had to sit, sit, sit a scramble loose very, very quickly. Uh, the two that stood out to me, and I think this was one and two on my list, if I remember correctly, and it was Phil winning the PGA's number one, simply because it was historic. And let's face it, we all thought Phil was done. I mean, uh, certainly I thought that he'd reached a point in his career where it was more ceremonial than it was going to be a victory lap for the next couple of years until he moved on to whatever else, next TV or the Champions Tour, or whatever the case may be. And just the way he did it. I mean, it was a very impressive performance from a guy that you didn't expect it. And then two on the list was John Rahm. Uh, again, by the way, he did it in what Torrey Pines has become in just two majors there. I mean, it has become sort of the signature, okay, it's going to come down to the 72nd hole and there's going to be these great fireworks. And this time it was John Rahm. Last time it was Tiger Woods, of course. And that, in my mind, I, it sort of solidifies itself as this major venue. Those are the two that really stand out. And again, at more powers, uh, victories last week was impressive. Uh, certainly what Bryson did, you know, breaking wing foot over his knee was very impressive, but those two are, are in my mind the best of the seven. Breaking wing foot over his knee. I, I like that. that. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So you're going to be heading over to uh, the Olympics. Um, your thoughts about the Olympics, especially for golf. Um, do you like the format that they have with world rankings and um, it just another event, another tournament? so to speak, 72-hole event? Or do you think some type of a team aspect needs to be fitted into it with uh, with the countries that play in the event? I think eventually we get to a team aspect, depending on you know what happens with golf and Olympics going down the road, simply because I think that's what the players want. And I think it would be fun for – I mean, when you hear players talk about it, I mean, you hear Paul Casey talk about he and Tommy Fleetwood are teammates you know, next week when they're in Tokyo. I mean, I, I think there's a very, very they, – they put the same gear on, they're, they're playing for the same flag they, they, in their minds. They're teammates, so I think there will be a way, a way down the road to come up with teams in this particular scenario. There is a reason why, though. When golf first pitched itself as an Olympic sport again, the Olympic Committee wanted some sort of format that everyone respected. And a 72-hole stroke play, I mean, that's the way we decide major championships, and that's the yeah. preferred method. So that's I understand why they leaned into it, but I think eventually we get to some sort of team element. Well, we wish you the best on travels over there. Uh, I guess you've covered – how many Olympics now have you been to? This will just be my second. Yeah, okay. Rio was my first Olympics, and it was – I mean, it's so much fun. And, you know, this one's obviously going to be different, and I'm not exactly sure what to expect. I've got some colleagues who've already landed over there, but it, it's still going to be the Olympics. We're still playing for gold medal or whatever medal, so I still think it's special. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, real quick, uh, can I ask you just be, just to put a bow on this thing? Going back to to last week, Royal St. George's. Bob and I have been among those that were were kind of critical of the layout, uh, if not least unimpressed because it seemed like there was such an element of luck involved. You know, even if he hit the middle of the fairway, it didn't mean much. Uh, could bounce into that deep stuff. The, the rock star uh, greenkeeper that made headlines with his sunglasses and his hair <laughs> talked about moving how they moved that first cut of rough out a little bit more so that if you did hit the fairway, you're going to have a shot. Uh, to play from and the hay was you know you had to hit it offline in, in order to do it it felt like of course the weather was down as well but it felt like that sort of stigma of crazy quirky gotta get lucky kind of golf course was was fixed a little bit like I actually enjoyed watching it what was your takeaway from Royal St. George's after watching it there in person I, I talked to Paul DeSori who's been a caddy there now for three so of course he picked out his Webb Simpson last week, but he also caddied in 03 and 11 when it was played at St. George's. And he said that, no doubt in his mind, that they have sort of toned down some of those mounds in the middle of the fairway so you don't get those crazy kicks. Like we saw with Tiger Woods in mm-hmm. 2011 where he strikes yeah. to drive down the middle of the fairway and it kicks into an impossible lie. And there's a sort of randomness to that. That And golf is random. You don't want to take that away. But that seems extreme. So it seems like they've softened some of the edges on that front. And the weather helped. I mean, it was... It certainly dried out over the course of the week, but there was some rain earlier in the week, and it was kind of green and lush, and a little bit more so than we've seen in the past. So, yeah, I think both those things certainly made it a little bit more fair. I think Brooks probably spoke for a lot of people when he said it's not his favorite open venue, and I don't know if that, if that changed last week, but it certainly seemed a little bit more fair. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that was my thoughts as well, and I was curious what your take was. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us. Great work, as always, there on Golf Channel, and safe travels to Japan. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you soon. It's Golf Channel's Rex Hogger joining us. Looking back at the 149th Open Championship right here on Real Golf Radio. Building a driver to deliver more speed isn't new. The way we're doing it is. We're pushing artificial intelligence to go even further. The new Jailbreak AI speed frame is designed to promote faster ball speeds across the face. It's a structural shift in design, delivering performance in a way you've never seen. We're not just building drivers, we're framing the future of speed. Only in the new Epic Drivers from Callaway. Have you heard? There's an all-new experience coming to St. George, Utah. Black Desert Resort at Entrada is a full community resort experience featuring a resort hotel, private residences, world-class dining and shopping, a Tom Weiskopf-designed championship golf course, and so much more. With a simple message of remarkable within reach, Black Desert Resort beckons you to visit and even stay for a lifetime. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available at blackdesertresort.com. Black Desert Resort at Entrada. Unlike anything you've experienced before. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. 
we honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Rex Hoggard for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the Apex Pro Irons. Callaway redesigned this iron from the ground up with an innovative AI face architecture and an all-new forged hollow body construction. Any scratch or single-digit handicapper who wants speed, and forgiveness in a player's performance iron needs to try the Apex Pro 21. Bob, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? I'd say Hallelujah. That, that's a witness then. I'll uh, throw mine in as well. Love the Apex Pro 21 irons from Callaway. There's nothing like our best. Check it out at CallawayGolf.com. All right, uh, so Rex set up a lot of things for us there. We kind of uh-huh. touched on the, the many of the topics that I wanted to get to. Let's go into, uh, we kind of, as, as you and I left off, we were mentioning Jordan Spieth and the charge that he put there. You know, we got 66s out of Morikawa, Spieth, and Rom. Let's go now to Rom. Um, tied for third, 54-hole leader Louis Oosthuizen who shot that one over final round. But Rom was that pre-tournament favorite. He's been the pre-tournament favorite, championship favorite, I should add. In the last two majors, Torrey Pines and Royal St. George's, Rom was impressive in San Diego. Didn't quite get off to a hot start, but really nice close there, finishing that tie for third. What did you make of John Rom and his performance at the time, the number one player in the world and the pre-championship favorite? So I think John Rom, um, as far as him being able to win this golf tournament where he hurt himself was in the first round when he shot one over par, but you know, he came back with 64 and then he came and then he shot 68 and then he shot 66. So uh, it was early in the golf tournament, but John Rom played some great golf, um, especially in those last two rounds. He missed some putts, didn't quite putt as well as he felt he should have um, and uh, made a couple bogeys in the final round also. Uh, on the second and the eighth hole. But other than that, you know, he played a great round of golf. He contended again. He got right back in the mix again uh, in the majors in 2021. He did not finish outside the top eight players. Um, and, uh, and of course, he won the U.S. Open and uh, finished third here. So um, what a great year for John Rahm, and I expect to see more of that going forward 
with a guy that's uh, that's really starting to come into his stride. Yeah, you know, I mean, DJ takes over world number one this week, and as Rex said, that'll probably teeter-totter back and forth just due to math. But there's no question that John Rahm is the number one player right now. He's the guy that everybody's got to chase. He's got the momentum. His game is there, and his mental game is there. And I, I'm really impressed. I, I, we talked about this after the U.S. Open, but John Rahm, we've seen him – I don't want to say uh, throw tantrums, but kind of that's what he was doing a lot yeah. of times. And he would let the moment get the best of him where he would lose his mind and make some poor choices and, and end up giving away golf tournaments. And uh, he, he seems to have figured that out. He's he's in such a good place, and his game, he has so much talent that, uh, I, you know, look, when we talk about the Olympics, he is the number one ranked player uh, going yep. into that Olympics uh, next week. And, and I think that Rom is going to be one that's going to be around for a while. Now, Having said that, I always find it interesting and fascinating, actually, to see how long these players' windows stay open of, of domination. When they are, when everything's clicking for them, how long can they keep that up? And as we see player after player come through since Tiger Woods, it, it only goes to speak to the brilliance and, and, uh, and mastery of mm-hmm. Tiger Woods and his game. To be able for Tiger to be able to essentially hold that window open for a decade, and uh, and then push it in, have 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 openings in that window for even longer, but for him to have that dominant game for a good decade or more is so impressive because we've watched it over the years, right? Haven't we? We watched Rory yep. do his thing. We watched Spieth do his thing. We've watched Brooks do his thing. We've watched you know um, you know Jason Day had some moments in there. I mean, there's a, there's a tons of them, right? Yes, a- and. DJ, look at DJ's window. I mean, shoot, DJ's world number one right now, but he's not playing anything like it, as Rex was talking about. And so those windows seem to close for most humans rather quickly. And the, the greats are able to keep that window open for much of their career. Yeah. Um, you know, and that all, it, it all depends on... You know, just thought just came to me as I as I was about to make a statement. But you know, not only did Tiger keep that window open, but he went through through, through what three swing changes while that yeah. window was still open. That's crazy to me. Um, I'm not sure that looking back on it, that was the smartest thing for him to do right, because right, when the window's right. open, man, don't screw go. around. Go win yep. them. <laughs> yep, just go. But you know, um, that's the thing about the the young players in today's game is there are so many good, good young players. Mm. Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, uh, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, who's a little bit older now. Um, you know, these these young guys, they go route and they win right off the bat. And, and they climb up those rankings so fast. And then they get used to being up there as an elite player um, and being up in the top 15, top 20 uh, of the world rankings, and it only requires them a couple more tournaments to win, and and you know they're pushing top five, and so um, it's it's just fun to watch. Even even though it just you know it bounces around a little bit and everything, um, I, it's fun to watch these young guys come along and uh, watch watch them climb up the ranks, and um, and have a chance to be the number one golfer in the world. I don't want to go completely down this wormhole, but I find myself uh, being drawn to it. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, when we first started the show, Tiger was bursting onto the scene. Yeah. And it almost seemed like he was rescuing golf a little bit from, 
that there wasn't just that guy that could carry the torch, right? It right. was, you know, through your dad's era and Tom Watson, of course, you know, you had Palmer and then your dad and then you had, you, you know, had Jack and, and then, and that whole group with Watson and Trevino and, and Weisskopf yep. and the whole nine yards, right? On and on. Johnny Miller's in there. And then, and, and then who did you just say? I said Norman. Norman yeah, so, was number one in the world for a long time. So, But that was sort of that drought, if you will. So after Jack won in 86, then we kind of had that. I mean, Faldo was in there a little bit. But, you know, then you had Norman. That, that was his run, right? And then Nick Price yep. was number one for a little bit. And not to take anything away from those guys. I mean, the shark sort of was bigger than life for a bit. But it, it really felt like there was a... You know, Phil came on the scene, what, 94-5 as an amateur and winning. And, and so... And Tiger finally burst out in ninety six seven, and that really was the, the it was the Phil and Tiger was the Tiger show and Phil, yeah. if you will, that kind of carried that. And it was this conversation of, well, can, can Tiger be that next Jack, or who? How can we go from this golden era of golf in the Nicholas Casper Palmer Watson player time to you know now? And then it was Tiger and Phil, and then there was Ernie, and there was Ratif, and there was VJ, and there's all these guys that kind of came along. But it was really the two, you know, you had the, you had the big three there for a bit. Yep. And then you wondered, okay, with Tiger, when he kind of exited with the, you know, 2009 with the fire hydrant and then the injuries and the surgeries and all the stuff, you wondered, will golf be able to survive Tiger leaving, if you will? Mm-hmm. So my question is, is this is not what we prepared to talk about today, but just as you're going through these names, we don't really think about it anymore. No. I'm not sure golf is even skipped a be- has even skipped a beat without Tiger Woods, and that means no disrespect to the greatness of Tiger. Don't get me wrong. My point right. is, is that there are so many compelling young players to what you just said that they're really carrying the torch nicely. Well, think about think about these three guys. They hit the tour two years ago, um, and Victor Hovland was the one that everybody thought was going to be the great player. Well, Victor Hovland is a great player. He's number eleven in the world right now. Okay, then you've got Matthew Wolf, who is around. What is he around? Um, twenty. He said thirty-one or something. Yeah, thirty-one or, or you know, in the thirties. Great player. These guys have all won. And you've got Colin Morikawa, who nobody thought was going to be um, a better player than those two guys. And Colin Morikawa has won now five times in two years with two majors, and he's the third-ranked player in the world. Those guys are all in their early twenties. They just showed and up. They, yeah, they just showed up and they played their way onto onto the tour and tour tour status. They didn't go through the normal route of Europe or of the Corn, Corn Ferry, Ferry tour, yeah. that kind of thing. And these guys are all in the top thirty players in the world. It's these, crazy. These guys, I like these, these guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help but a little drop a little three amigos uh, yeah. while I was listening to that. So it, it is interesting, right? And uh, by the way, we didn't even mention, you know, the Brooks Kepkas and Bryson yeah. DeChambeau's, Tony Finau's. Shane yeah. Lowry, the defending champ, finished tied for 12th, uh, which is great. The last player, by the way, to successfully defend the, their title at the Open, Padraig Harrington, back in 2008. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one. We still have so much to get to here as we look back on the 149th Open Championship and look forward to the Olympics coming up next week. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob with you right here on Real Golf Radio. 
Hey, when you're not hunting birdies on the golf course, you may just want to hunt or shoot. Get some guns and ammo. Yeah, it's what you want. It's also the name of the store. Stop in one of the four locations along the Wasatch Front with Get Some Guns and Ammo stores in Murray, Orem, Layton, and Tooele. A great selection of firearms. An indoor shooting range for rifle, pistols, and shotguns. And Get Some has a large selection of range gun rentals, so you can try it before you buy it. Beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some. Guns and Ammo, open seven days a week. 2020 has been a lesson in the unexpected, but the real estate market has adapted to the new normal. I'm Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio and the Casby Real Estate Group. With trends we've seen and the COVID vaccine, it helps us to make predictions for 2021. So here's what you can expect. Interest rates will continue to be low. Home values and prices will continue to rise for now, and there's going to be more new construction. No one can predict the future. Future, but we have the experience to develop a unique plan just for you. So let's talk. Send an email to Bob at CasbyRealEstate.com. That's Bob at K-A-S-B-Y RealEstate.com. Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir Bruce and Boyd Summerhays Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at hoopsvision.com vision.com now back to real golf radio with brian and bob Ryan and Bob back with you here on Real Golf Radio, looking back at the 149th Open Championship. Colin Morikawa, your champion golfer of the year, and he bookends a stretch of 11 months that contains seven major championships. And we talked about early in this one that, you know, if somebody got hot, they would have the opportunity to really take advantage of the extended majors within this short time frame. And Colin Morikawa was the guy to do that, two majors in 11 months, bookending with the PGA and the Open Championship, both, by the way, yes. in his first attempt 
in each of those majors, which is, uh, well, that's never been done before. So uh, good for him and uh, certainly some exciting stuff there for Colin Morikawa. Hey, still to come on the back nine hour number two, we're going to welcome in Rex, or excuse me, Rex Hogger joined us here. The caddy will join us on the back nine hour number two. We'll get into all of the analysis and the Olympics as well. Bob, I'm anxious to get your thoughts because Bob's been he's, he's been kind of picking at it a little bit. He, he's got some things he wants to see out of this Olympics yep, to make it a little bit better. So we'll get into all that coming up on the back nine. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio. If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. The CIA Inspector General is carrying out a review into the agency's handling of officers sickened by the mysterious Havana Syndrome. CNN has learned a revelation that comes as cases are mushrooming across the globe. The intelligence community still doesn't have an official explanation for the perplexing constellation of sensory experiences and physical symptoms that have now sickened hundreds of U.S. diplomats, spies, and troops around the globe, some severely enough to force their retirement. Lower winds and better weather helped crews using bulldozers and helicopters battling the nation's largest wildfire in southern Oregon, Public Information Officer Tracy LeClaire. Uh, Every afternoon those winds pick up. Uh, The fuels are extremely critically dry, and uh, that, that contributes to extreme fire behavior. This is USA Radio News. Nothing is more important than your vote. Now, lawmakers across America are pushing for election integrity to make sure your vote really counts. All this week, Newsmax's Sean Spicer and Lindsey Keith are exposing the flaws in our voting systems and how to fix them. Make sure you watch Spicer and Company tonight on Newsmax for the real truth about your vote and how Texas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and more are in the crosshairs. Everyone is watching Newsmax. It's on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. And you can watch Newsmax on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Plus, download the free Newsmax app on your phone and start watching now. Newsmax is your trusted news source. Every night, watch great shows, starting with Spicer & Company, Greg Kelly, Grant Stinchfield, Cortez & Pellegrino, and a lot more. Go to Newsmax for real news. Watch it today. The FBI disclosed that it received more than 4,500 tips on a phone line in 2018 as part of a background investigation into then-Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and provided relevant ones to former President Donald Trump's White House counsel. Less than two weeks ago... Dr. Ford publicly accused me of committing wrongdoing at an event more than 36 years ago when we were both in high school. The exact number of tips was disclosed in a June 30th letter released by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse on Thursday. America's Frontline Doctors, a nonprofit, filed a motion on July 19th seeking immediate injunctive relief to stop the emergency use authorization of COVID-19 vaccines for three groups of Americans anyone under the age of 18, anyone who has recovered from COVID-19, and those who haven't given informed consent, as defined by federal law. This is USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Pennsylvania's top election official has decertified the voting system of rural Fulton County for future elections, saying that an assessment by a third party had violated the Keystone State's election code. The Pennsylvania Department of State said in a statement dated July 21st that Wake Technology Services Incorporated's access to the county's voting system undermined the chain of custody requirements and strict access limitation necessary to prevent both intentional and inadvertent tampering with the electronic voting systems. A computer outage crippled a number of businesses. Here's USA's Wendy King. A computer network outage temporarily took down a number of websites belonging to a variety of companies, including Delta Airlines and Amazon. Akamai Technologies, a cloud service and web security company based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, said it was investigating the cause of its service disruption. In addition to Delta and Amazon, Capital One, British Airways, GoDaddy, Vanguard, UPS, LastPass, AT&T, and Costco were also affected by the domain name system failure. Akamai said the outage wasn't caused by a cyber attack, but didn't detail the source of the problem. The outage caused some Delta customers to be unable to check into flights using the airline's website. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. For USA Radio News, I'm Brad Bernard. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Now, the back nine. Where business gets done. Where majors are won and boys become men. One day you'll get it. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on the Real Golf Radio Network. Welcome in. It's the back nine. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. Good to have you alongside. You can hit us up on Twitter at Real Golf is where you'll find us. You can also find us on many of your favorite podcasters, sites, Sirius XM, High Heart Radio, and the like. Uh, appreciate Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel spending some time with us. We'll post that on our Twitter feed at Real Golf if you missed that. You can also find that in the podcast sites as well. Coming up here on the back nine, America's favorite caddy stops by. We'll get his take on the Open Championship and 
looking forward to next year, next week, I should say, at the Olympics. Bob, when you uh, look at what Colin Morikawa did, and we spent much of the first hour talking about his brilliant play there at the Open, you know, he gets himself in there, um, takes over the lead early in the final round, ends up shooting 66 and wins by two. But he was making golf history, becoming the first player to win two major championships in his first attempts, having captured the PGA Championship last fall. He's now two for eight in majors and has five wins on the PGA Tour, moved to number one in the FedEx Cup standings, number three in the world rankings. I mean, this he, he's got all the makings of one of these rising stars that doesn't appear to be fading anytime soon. Well, and he's a young guy. Uh, the The thing about it, he's 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 got unlimited potential now. Um, his stock is on the rise, definitely, um, and he's a phenomenal player. So as long as he can continue to to do what he's doing, um, keeping uh, hitting the ball such so well, also um, putting as good mm-hmm. as as he did, um, especially in the events that he's won this year. Um, then you've got to then you've got to watch out for this guy because he's going to be in the mix just about every time you see him play. Jordan Spieth also uh, showing signs again that he is back. He won a tournament obviously in San Antonio earlier this year, but continuing to contend in major championships as well. With that Sunday sixty six finishing just a couple shots back, and uh, it wasn't meant to be this week for Jordan Spieth, but two sixty seven. Bob that ties the tournament record for the lowest total by a runner up. Phil Mickelson also playing that well back in twenty sixteen when he had that duel with Henrik Stenson and came up just short, but. Uh, no shame in that. I mean, maybe a couple of wayward shots uh, throughout the week that he can tighten up. He says his putting mm-hmm. isn't quite where it needs to be, but I'm looking at his putting thinking, man, he's making putts again like we used to see him make putts. Yeah, he was rolling the ball well. Um, he did make putts, um, and that's what kept him close. That's what got him within one shot and having a chance to win the Open Championship. World number one coming off his win at Torrey Pines, also with a Sunday 66 to tie for third at Louis Oosthuizen. Not a great Sunday again, but we'll talk about it all coming up next as we continue. Hour number two is next. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir Bruce and Boyd Summerhays Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at Hoops vision.com to get your highest performing tour ball you need to build it with the highest quality to get the highest quality you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints and to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core you need unique 3d x-ray that's why one tour ball is more centered than another and it might not be who you'd think chrome soft this ball really does change everything. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, 
The shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. Have you heard? There's an all-new experience coming to St. George, Utah. Black Desert Resort at Entrada is a full community resort experience featuring a resort hotel, private residences, world-class dining and shopping, a Tom Weiskopf-designed championship golf course, and so much more. With a simple message of remarkable within reach, Black Desert Resort beckons you to visit and even stay for a lifetime. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available at blackdesertresort.com. Black Desert Resort at Entrada. Unlike anything you've experienced before. Building a driver to deliver more speed isn't new. The way we're doing it is. We're pushing artificial intelligence to go even further. The new Jailbreak AI speed frame is designed to promote faster ball speeds across the face. It's a structural shift in design, delivering performance in a way you've never seen. We're not just building drivers, we're framing the future of speed. Only in the new Epic Drivers from Callaway. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. And this segment is brought to you by the all-new Black Desert Resort at Entrada in St. George, Utah. If you've not been to Southern Utah, while well, you're missing out. If you've been, well, you know. And one of the things that is desperately needed with the popularity increase in St. George is a place where you can show up, stay, play, dine, shop, and enjoy a resort atmosphere unlike anything St. George has to offer. That's where Black Desert Resort comes in. Go to blackdesertresort.com. Find out about the 19-hole championship Tom Weiskopf designed golf course, the Resort Center Hotel, the villages, the shopping, the dining, all that's still to come. Underground parking in the heat of the desert is a nice uh, option as well. Nice amenity. That's all right there. A 36-hole putting course will be lit up at night. Tremendous practice facilities coming your way. Southern Utah, blackdesertresort.com. Thank you so much for being with us. Again, at Real Golf is a Twitter handle. Hit us up there and uh, find us on your favorite podcast podcast site and subscribe and thanks for tuning in on the great affiliate radio stations that pick us up as well as Sirius XM and iHeart Radio. All right, looking back Bob at that 149th Open Championship, we just did a brief recap there at the top of the hour. Uh, I'd like to kind of focus on a couple of the other players that we haven't really talked about and that's four-time major champion Brooks Kepka. He finished tied for 6th. It's his 16th top 10 in his 30th major start. So we talk about Brooks being the major killer uh, that he is. And he certainly went on a terror there, and he was, you know, back-to-back U.S. Opens, mm-hmm. back-to-back PGA Championships, you know, really looked like a guy that just get him into contention and forget about it. Uh, and yet he's been in contention in several of the majors this year and wasn't able to ho- hoist some hardware, if you will. Right. right. Is there a little chink in the armor there with Brooks Kepka? Or is it simply the fact that that's golf and he's coming off of these injuries and he's still playing his way back into the form that he was in when he was winning, you know, prolifically? 
Well, I think a lot of it is that's golf. Um, you, you know, you've got one guy that you can control your destiny when you're out playing in a tournament, uh, playing a golf course. And a lot of times you can't control what's going on around you. What what he didn't control was his third round. Um, and he he made four bogeys and only two birdies, shot two over par, and, and really kind of uh, knocked himself down the leaderboard quite a ways before he shot that final round uh, of five under par. So, um, you know, in, in, a, in an event like this where things are so close, if, if you put yourself behind the eight ball in one round, it could cost you the tournament, and we saw that with John Rahm as well. I think that's a great point, Bob, because, you know, it did feel like you couldn't afford to make a mistake. It wasn't as if the wind and the weather was up to the point where everyone was going to make a mistake. The golf course was there for the taking, and it's like if you blink, you slid down the leaderboard just that yeah. fast. Oh, yeah. Yep. But, and and yeah, it happened and, quick. And the yep. guys at the top weren't unproven. You had major championship winners stacked at the top yep. of the leaderboard. That's the other thing that kind of made it compelling and put that razor's edge uh, for uh, the margin of error. Yeah, really, really good comment. Great, great point there. Brooks Kepka. Um, has finished in the top 10 in 12 of his last 16 major starts, including the U.S. Open in 2021 this year, where he tied for fourth, and the PGA Championship, where he tied for second. Of course, remember, he was in that final group with Phil Mickelson. Uh, I think it's worth noting that defending champ Shane Lowry finished tied for 12th, and he was the benefactor, and and, and I guess maybe in some respects, he also, to his detriment, COVID shut everything down right when he was the champion golfer of the year. So as the champion golfer of the year, riding all that momentum, everything goes dark, and he doesn't get to do that ceremonial parade, if you will, and lead up to the next Open while he's in, obviously, that form of winning when he did hoist the Claret Jug. So the flip side is, hey, you get it for an extra year on the mantle, and that looks nice. Uh, There's not a lot of guys that have it for two consecutive years. Padraig Harrington, the last to defend the Open Championship back in 2008. But, you know, hats off to Shane Lowry. I'm not sure where he goes from here. We just haven't seen a lot from him because of COVID. But hopefully, again, great finish, tied for 12th. Just a little shout-out there to the defending champ. Hopefully he'll continue to play well. He's a very likable guy, and uh, it was fun watching him a couple years ago. Yeah, he ended up finishing six under par, a couple 69s, uh, 65, um, and uh, one round that was over par, 71. So um, Shane Lowry, the next time... We'll probably see him as on that European squad um, and playing for, uh, you know, uh, the European side of the Ryder Cup and and uh, yeah, see if he can he can keep up his good play now that uh, he's back in the mix again. Bryson DeChambeau, the other side of that Brooks Bryson feud that is kind of getting played in my opinion. It was funny. I feel like it should be done now. Kind of kind of played out, but. Um, DeChambeau records a bogey-free 65, his career uh, career low round in a major in 21 starts. So, you know, he, he did finish well, but and, and he did have to make a push just to get into the weekend as well. So yeah. um, what, what's your take on, on Bryson? It, you know, he obviously made a massive bogey with the way he called out his, his driver and his manufacturer, you know, mid, midweek. But what, what, is your, what was your take on his play outside of that? Well, Bryson had two rounds over par, one round even par, and then that 65 in the final round. Um, 
to me, it seemed like Bryson wasn't willing to adapt to his surroundings and what was happening with the golf course and how to play the best he could possibly play on the golf course. And when you're when you're too stuck in the mode of what you're trying to do, then you're going to have a lot of disappointment. Um, great golfers will adapt. They'll figure out the ways to get around the golf course. And this is all stuff he should have done in the practice rounds um, before the championship even started. Um, he just tried to continue to hit the driver as long as he could. Um, he, he, he neglected putting the ball in the fairway and was hitting out of the deep stuff. And when you do that, you're going to shoot over par. And it really was the only thing you couldn't do was exactly. miss fairways with the exactly. weather being so benign, the fairways were there for the taking. I mean, I, you know, I think it was Gary Coke or somebody on the broadcast was saying the way you use your distance is hitting a safer club a lot further than anybody else can hit their safer club. Exactly. If the golf course is going to give you a fairway hit, take it. And Bryson was, so I, I guess that's an interesting comment, Bob, because in, in some aspects of sport and golf, there is a trust the process, stick with what works. Yep. And Bryson did that at, at winged foot against caution right he threw caution to the wind as rex hoggard said he broke wingfoot over his knee i thought that was yeah that was a really great, great description yeah that was unconventional and yet if you actually break it down tony finau spent some time with us after that week and he said the fairways were so narrow that nobody the straightest drivers in the game weren't going to hit right. them so right. you might as well hit driver because everyone's playing from the rough. Get yourself more loft coming out of the rough, and you're going to be able to play better, and that played into Bryson's hand. Not the case this week. So is it? How, what is the line there for him from sticking to what has worked and, your, and what has got you there to adapting to what the course is, is giving you? Well, the conditions of the golf course uh, a lot is what needs you need to adapt to. You know, like you said in the U.S. Open, you know, he's hitting it up there as far as he can in four or five inches of rough um, and being able to advance it and use his short game extremely well on his putter. Um, here you're at the Open Championship. Now you got now you got that tall, wispy fescue stuff that's knee high um, and the ball gets nestled down in there so deep that you don't have a chance to advance it. Um, it's, you know, you're hitting shots out and smothering it, um, pulling it left or uh, or not being able to even extract it out to the fairway, let alone get it to the green. So you have to realize that that this, these weren't the same conditions, and your game should transform or um, apply to the conditions that the golf course gives you. I, I hear you saying Tiger Woods, 2006, Royal Liverpool. That's what I'm yeah. hearing you say. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. What do you hit one driver in yeah. 72 holes? and hit lots of irons off the tees, those stinger irons off the tees, got that ball bouncing down the fairways, got it in the fairway, and he ends up winning the golf tournament. Yeah. And at the time, Tiger, back in 2006, still had a length advantage over yes. the field. Yeah. But elected to use it with his incredible stinger shot, and that's the stuff of legend. So I guess what you're saying is the more complete player yes. will make those changes and not let his ego dictate that he needs to do something different. And he's not a complete player right now, simply from the standpoint that everything is geared towards bombing it and hitting it as hard as you can. You need to factor in the conditions 
and set up your game plan accordingly. Great comments. All right, we're going to welcome in the caddy coming up next. We'll ask him what he thinks about these seven and 11, seven majors in 11 months, and what were his favorites. Uh, We'll get his take. I'm pretty sure if it's not unanimous with what we've been talking about, then the caddy's missing the mark. But rarely does the caddy miss the mark. He joins us next right here on Real Golf Radio. Hey, when you're not hunting birdies on the golf course, you may just want to hunt or shoot. Get some guns and ammo. Yeah, it's what you want. It's also the name of the store. Stop in one of the four locations along the Wasatch Front with Get Some Guns and Ammo stores in Murray, Orem, Layton, and Tooele. A great selection of firearms, an indoor shooting range for rifle, pistols, and shotguns, and Get Some has a large selection of range gun rentals so you can try it before you buy it. Beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some. Guns and Ammo, open seven days a week. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through through everything to put my concerns to rest. And the day of the surgery was so easy. Really, one of the simplest things I've gone through, and it worked. I could see instantly. And 12 years later, I haven't had any issues at all. I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway. Well, you know, close to 300 yards. Anyway, schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com. Join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir, Bruce and Boyd Summerhays, Bob Casper, and me. Oh, and mention Real Golf Radio, and you'll save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Do it now at Hoops vision.com you might know mountain land supply for its plumbing products but did you know mountain land supply also carries landscaping irrigation supplies and tools they can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe sprinkler heads and nozzles to use for your yard using smartphone technology you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers for all your landscaping needs go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. Hey, welcome back. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for joining us. And as promised, it's time for America's Favorite Caddy. 
There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, you know, I'm doing a better job of actually identifying the existence, confirming the existence of the looper. Yeah. Um, he is legendary, though. His legend continues to grow after all these years, uh, amazingly enough. Caddy, how are you? That's not all it's growing. <laughs> uh, you're not referring to your hair, probably. Well, I know I got hair in places I didn't know it could grow. Ooh, so. all right. Well, it is early in the morning. Let's not start uh, there. People are just waking up and having breakfast and such, so... And, and people want to know what we bleeped out. I mean, we didn't bleep that out, right? And people want to know what we did bleep out. So, I, you know, don't be careful what you ask for. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's probably not hey, uh, FCC regulated, but. Uh, yeah. No. Hey, Caddy. No. Hey, Caddy. Did, didn't you like this last week Jimmy Roberts having the, the little segment about the streakers? He listened to our show. He uh, had to have listened to our show. Well, you, well, yeah. I mean, well, look, I'm a Terp. Jimmy Roberts is a Terp. Did you know that uh, practically everything at the high level of golf originates in Maryland? Did you? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we you were aware of this. Virtually everything. I'm not it's sure that's impressive. been established. I've established it. Okay. To well, my own tell satisfaction. Us about it, then. Well, Dean Beeman's a Maryland guy, and he started, you know, he, he made the PGA Tour today. That alone is quite impressive. Um, the TPI guys, Titleist Performance Institute guys, uh-huh. they're Maryland guys, sort of Maryland guys. But Greg Rose, I used to work with Greg at the driving range when mm. I was in uh, high school and college. I don't I don't remember him, but I, they told me I worked with him, so <laughs> I should have remembered him, you know. Obviously, he's made... He's made he's made something out of his life, so good for him. Um, yeah, yeah, you've got guys like Fred Funk, uh, you know, great golfer from Maryland. A lot of the tour brass, like the corporate guys, are are Maryland guys. It's it's just incredible. I find out all the time. Oh yeah, I'm from Maryland. It's, you know, it's a little state, but it has a lot of coastline. Maybe that has something. You guys love Funkster, man. Good, great story. Golf, college golf coach gone tour pro. There's not a lot of that that happens in today's day and age. That's for sure. Hey, Caddy, um, let's let's go to the open a little bit. Can, there's a lot being made about Colin Morikawa. You know how well he handled himself in his uh, post win speech. You know, addressing the fans and and all that. Uh, but he he's getting a little bit of slack for calling it the British Open. We did talk a little bit about this last week, but are you are you okay with it? Like at the end of the day, I'm like he was so polished in everything. I I just don't even I don't even want to bring up a uh, whether it was a faux pas or not. But a lot of people are. Yeah. Too- Footballs in the speech. Uh, one was the British Open, which, of course, that that dinged me the wrong way. It's kind of like calling when people say the U.S. Masters. Well, you know, there's one Open Championship and there's one U.S. There's one Masters. I mean, I, although it could be argued that the Masters is just the Masters. The, the, the British Open could be called the British Open. It's a little more reasonable, but it's 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 the Open Championship. It's the first one. Come on. 
Are you going to go that egregious as calling it the U.S. Masters? Because I think the U.S. Masters is 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 really disgraceful. Like, come on. Like, oh, it's it's not it's not it, no, it's not as bad as as people calling it the U.S. Masters. Okay, it's right. not as right. I just wanted to make that's sure. Word. Right. That's really that's really yeah. I, I think you should be banned or canceled. What are we doing now? Canceling <laughs> people? I think we should start canceling people who call it the U.S. Masters. Oh, Getty, but Getty, Getty. Just us. Just us. We'll just do it. We'll do it. <laughs> I'm it not doing. It. I'm not the participating in is, that. Sorry. The thing about <laughs> it is in Europe. Every tournament on the European tour that has its own specific country, they call that it yeah. that particular country's Masters. So the Europeans, they call it the U.S. Masters, just like they call all the other countries their event and the Masters. So, now, wait yes. a minute. If they're going to insist on that, if they're going to insist on everybody's calling it that, but they get to be the Open, then you have to... There's only one major championship that is the Masters. There really is They're only correct. one Masters at Augusta National. So if you're going to hold on to this whole open championship thing, you got to concede the Masters. I agree. Listen, all 100%. I'm going to all I'm going to say is all I'm going to say is there's a reason some very smart people left that area of the world and came over here and started the United States of America. <laughs> and this is yet another example of that. So wow. There are plenty all right. Okay. All right. Well, hey, look, Morikawa did say, look, I'm biased being from the U.S., but these are some great fans here at the Open. I mean, so he did. So, so what was the other faux pas then? He mentioned not once, but twice his girlfriend last in the list of people, such as his family, et cetera, and my girlfriend, Kat. You've got to say, listen, Colin, uh, the girlfriend comes first. Just trust me on this one. You know what? I'm going to disagree with you there because as as a dad of kids that are about his age, which is crazy, uh, I'm going to say yeah. until the girlfriend becomes the fiancé or the mm. wife, then at that point in time, she takes precedence. But until then, man, can you imagine the hours his parents must have put in over the years? Give him some credit. Well, technically, you are correct, but... I think, uh, look, she's the girlfriend caddy. She's the girlfriend and her name was announced by the champion golfer of the year on worldwide broadcast. I mean, she's, she's ecstatic regardless of when it was mentioned. Come on. (laughs) I think that's got to elevate her status as girl. You know, she's more than girlfriend. Anyway. Um, yeah, the speech was tremendous. What can you say? Did you know that here's the interesting thing about his speech. I'm going to have to watch it again. First of all, it wasn't. I watched it again a, a day or two ago. It wasn't very long. It was very no. short. Yeah. And the other impressive thing, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe did he even one time say "I" in the speech, as in "I did this" or "I like the way I play" or what? I mean, he was basically just, "Hey, this is great. This is an honor. Let's give thanks to the great things we have." And that was about it. I mean, it was. I don't think I've ever seen or heard a, a, a speech after a sporting event like that. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Very gracious. Yeah, it was. It was impressive and very polished. Um, you know, he played great, especially, you know, his last, uh, what, 14 holes where he was uh, four under par, 15, there are 13 holes, uh, four under par. He held off Jordan Spieth, who in his last 12 holes was six under par. Um, and then, of course, John Rahm, who is in his last nine holes or so, was 
was four under par. It was pretty amazing to see the skill, uh, the way he was able to get the ball up and down, and the way he was able to make some par putts to stay out in front of everybody. No doubt about it. I think uh, the putting was amazing. Uh, a tour caddy gave me a very good line to throw up on the show, which was, Jordan Spieth found out how hard it is to catch someone when they're putting like Jordan Spieth. Huh. Yep. That was a good line. I like that. Yeah. Good. We'll see if I can give you yeah. some love for yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That works. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. Um, yeah. And another very, very observant, successful, intelligent tour caddy when I mentioned about how ridiculous Morikawa's putting was. He said, slow green. Uh, ah, exactly. Very interesting. Be more aggressive. Very Correct. Very yep. interesting. Are you saying Harding Park was a little slow? Were you saying concessions a little slow? No, Harding Park and concessions were not slow. I don't know that he put it out. I mean, he put it out of his mind at the Open Championship. Yes. I don't think he put it out of his mind at the other two. He probably put, I'd probably put it very I think well. Rex Hoggard yeah. threw some uh, stats in his article that he's had. I think uh, when he's putted, whew, what was it? He's been in, when he's in the top ten in putting, he's that he's he's won five times and and lost in a playoff twice. Yeah. So yeah, if his exactly. putter's going, he's <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah, hits when, it. Uh, I think he hits it ten high better than anybody else. You know, he's and that's another comment. Distance. Yep. Yeah, his his irons were phenomenal, and and it pin high all the time. Uh, you know, when when we caddied out on tour. Um, I, at least I know Keith Clearwater said, if I can hit it pin high, it's amazing how much closer the ball gets to the hole. Yeah. Pin high is big. And I think that's what, that's what a lot of the bombers are missing are not as good as they could be. Remember when DJ suddenly started hitting those wedges, the right distance, he just killed everybody for a while. Yep. And they, if Bryson hit his wedges close, he'd be number one in the world. Hmm. But, you know, there's, there's, there's Rory McIlroy, same thing. He has, you see a, a lot of time he, he's got a wedge in there and it's, you know, every once in a while, 25, 30 feet long. And you're like, Whoa. Um, I know Bob, when, when, when I was caddying out there, it was extremely rare to see a guy hit a wedge like 30 feet long or short when he hit it solid. It was like almost yes. unheard of for me. Yep. Um, so that could be an equipment thing too. You know, you get a less spinny ball. A wedge is really a nine iron anyway. Things like that. Different golf swing too. You know, the the kind of power, rotational power, jumping up golf swing may not be the best way to hit a wedge. Actually, it probably isn't. It's a good way to hit the ball long. Yep. But there's a lot of people who feel like it's really not the best way to play a wedge shot. So there you go. Hey, Caddy, in just a few minutes we have left, uh, we, we're talking about these seven major championships in 11 months. And we mentioned, you know, a year ago, you know, almost a year ago, that if somebody could get hot during this stretch, they've got seven opportunities. And they could really capitalize. Morikawa seems to be the guy to do it. He picked up two. He bookended them with the PGA at Harding Park and the Open last week at St. George's. But you got Bryson winning at Wingfoot, DJ at the Masters in November, Hideki in the Masters in April. Phil Mickelson, the unlikely win at Kiowa in the PGA, and then John Rahm's win at uh, Torrey Pines in the U.S. Open. If you're looking at those, how do you rank those seven majors? If you know, as far as 
your most enjoyable to you, best major, however you want to categorize it. What's your thoughts? So I'll start with the November Masters, which just seemed weird to me. Uh, the course played differently. It was soft. DJ just went crazy on it. Um, it's still the Masters. It just seemed a little strange, the yep. October Masters. Um, Bryson's U.S. Open was pretty cool and impressive and was just different than anything else we'd ever seen. So that's my rule. Uh, I mean, the Masters, come on. That was historic just historic and you know when's the last and the bow at the end of the tournament was awesome yes that was phenomenal apparently that's no big deal at all in japan that means like it 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 wouldn't really mean anything special at all because it's it's a common it's it's totally normal common thing to do all the time but boy it sure seems special to us so um yeah, and then let's go. Uh, Rom's great finish. The, the U.S. Open was exciting to watch. It was fun. Rom certainly, he, it'll be a surprise if he's not a multiple major winner, and you were wondering when he was going to get his. And, then, and he really, you know, he kind of won it, and Louis kind of sort of didn't win it. Um, it, was, it was So that was a good one. Um, the PGA with Phil, another historic one. I, it's just been a great run. It's been a great run for all these majors. So, so you re- I love it. You gave us a little recap. Which one's your favorite? Ah, what is my favorite one of that group? What comes to mind? I think Bob and I are pretty unanimous, mm. but I'll be interested to hear what you think. Yeah. I, so parsing it down, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take it down to, you know what? Boy, I think I gotta. I think I gotta give it to Phil at the PGA. Yeah, you do. I mean, yeah, you do. To be that, to be to do it at that age, and I mean, it's not like he's contending every week, and then he won one. He he just popped it right at the right time. I'm gonna argue that's probably not the greatest golf course in the world for him to win a major, mm-hmm. like Muirfield wouldn't be, but he did, which is another testament to how incredibly amazing he is as a player. But uh, yeah, you got to give it to Phil. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, his status in the game, where he is in his age and his career, for him to just kind of give us a bonus, you know, Phil at his best for a major. Ah, come on, man. That that's uh, I, I I mean, th- there's great things about all of them, but that takes the cake for sure. Caddy, yeah, great stuff too. as always, man. We appreciate it. Always good to visit with you. And uh, by the way, uh, the Caddy is a, a very underrated golf uh, swing breakdown analyst so uh mm-hmm. if, if you uh you ever want the caddy to break your golf swing down uh, you know hit us up on twitter and we'll see if we can get the caddy to give you a little analysis he did that for me this week and it was very good very very helpful caddy we'll talk to you soon buddy thank you gentlemen there you go caddy joining us right here on real golf radio we'll continue our look back at the 149th open championship and looking forward to next week's olympics right here on real golf radio Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. 
I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten. Those who know love heading to St. George, Utah for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What if there was a Scottsdale-style golf resort in St. George where you can stay and play? And what if you could own your own residence there? Well, now there is. Introducing Black Desert Resort at Entrada. The second and final chapter of the Entrada Vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, hiking trails through preserved lava flows, spa, world-class dining and shopping, and a Tom Weiskopf Championship Golf Course. It's literally an outdoor paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifelong memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at blackdesertresort.com blackdesertresort.com exclusive real estate opportunities are available now black desert resort at entrada unlike anything you've experienced before to get your highest performing tour ball you need to build it with the highest quality to get the highest quality you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D X-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything. Now, back to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on Real Golf Radio. Real Golf Radio. And welcome back to the show. This segment brought to you by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. You know that two ball 10 putter is the number one model out there on tour as well. And uh, my partner, Dr. Hoops, out of the club, he's been rocking that two ball 10 all year, and it's the longest he says he's kept a putter for a long time. And uh, for good reason, he's making some putts with it. The thing is, is a really, really good putter. Check it out at odysseygolf.com, the number one putter in golf all right thanks again to the caddy for spending some time with us always a great visit always enjoy uh, chatting with the caddy all right so he talked about it bob the best majors uh from these seven and eleven and he went with phil mickelson at kiowa island you and i both agree on that one uh we, we could we could have for discussion's sake the rest of them right and he kind of touched caddy talk, touched on those a little bit yeah so let's begin with harding park and again, seven majors in 11 months is a pretty unique, not pretty, it's a very unique situation. And we said, hey, yeah. if somebody could get hot, because we see how players have these windows where they're just dominating. If you can get hot, and we mentioned a Brooks Kepka, we didn't realize he was going to be injured coming into this thing, but 
you could peel off a couple of majors, two or three, maybe four. You know, you got seven chances in a short period of time. If you're on fire, go get them. Colin Morikawa was the guy. He bookended it. When you look back at Harding Park, it was the first time we'd seen the major be held there, the PGA Championship. That was a pretty good leaderboard, stacked, lots of guys, right? Um, right near the top. I mean, DJ was there. Bryson was there. Um, Morikawa was there. Finau was there. You know, guys were, were really – it was a fun leaderboard. And then all of a sudden, Colin Morikawa – Steps up, was it 15 or 16? Which is that par four? I think it was the 15th hole. Drives it up there to about eight feet, makes it for eagle, and absolutely takes hold of that thing by the throat and doesn't let go. Again, showing us a little bit of his true colors that we're seeing played out last week as well. The PGA was exciting. Sadly, it was dead quiet because there were no fans there. Yeah, and that was the unfortunate thing because of the COVID. Um, As far as the PGA tour was concerned you know we had that big space of time off and but Colin Morikawa came back uh, ready to play uh, ended up losing um, in at uh, in Fort Worth at Colonial um, but then he came back and, and won the PGA Championship um, quiet he also um, won the memorial it, uh, the week before the memorial right he beat Justin yeah. Thomas yeah. in that playoff so, so um, you know just great play um, great to see his first major, um, and uh, and and that shot that shot will be remembered for a long time. That driver on that hole and the and the birdie putt or the eagle putt to back it up. Yeah. So I, again, I go with that, and then Morikawa hoisting up the trophy and the lid falling off. I mean, there was a lot of great yeah. stuff, right? Um, U.S. Open at Wingfoot. We long awaited this one. One of our favorite venues, of course. Your dad, Billy Casper, winning in 1959 the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Bryson DeChambeau. We thought there's no chance a guy goes in there and does what Bryson does to a famed Wingfoot. It's too hard. It's too difficult. You got to hit fairways, Bryson. Uh, as Rex said, broke it over his knee. <laughs> uh, and he just bombed it, and he continued to bomb it, um, get it down there as far as he could, hit uh, clubs that had a, more loft on them uh, into the greens, and those greens that he did not hit, he was able to get up and down. His short game was phenomenal. His putting was phenomenal. And that's, I think, really what set apart Bryson DeChambeau in the U.S. Open there at Wingfoot. Matthew Wolf in contention on Sunday as well. At the Masters in November, another unique situation. We typically don't see Augusta hosting a major that time of the year, and it was a different golf course for sure. Nevertheless, Dustin Johnson taking advantage, and again, a bit of a quiet round with DJ dominating in record fashion. Well, he did, yeah. Broke the course, broke the scoring record, which uh, Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods held. Um but the thing about, you know, that event in November was the golf course was soft. It was easier um, for these guys to play, um, easier to get the ball closer to the hole. And Dustin Johnson was at the peak of playing great golf at that point in time and was able to take advantage of the situation. And that's why he came out the winner. Hideki Matsuyama in April would, uh, I would say, also claim somewhat of a quiet Masters only from the standpoint that he did what, what Colin Morikawa sort of did uh, in, in some ways where he just went out and he won the he was the leader and he didn't make any mistakes, didn't really let anybody back in it, and it was all but decided on the back nine. Nobody was able to really mount a charge and come chasing after him. But an historic win for Hideki as the first player from Japan, male player from Japan, to win a major championship. Yeah, it, you know, and... Coming down that back night, Xander Shoffley had a sh- had a shot. Um, he got 
you know, relatively close. And um, except for that shot that he hit in the water on the 16th hole, um, Xander Shoffley was making a push. And, and it would have been interesting to see how Hideki Matsuyama handled it. But I'll tell you what, he's a great Masters champion. I can't wait to see what he's going to um, make for the guys in the champion's dinner, what they're going to have for their dinner. Um, but uh, You know it's going to be good. No, it's really going to be good. <laughs> and but, but we'll always remember his caddy going down to put the flag back in the hole and bowing to the golf course. That was that was an awesome shot. It was a very, very nice moment for sure. Uh, that takes us to the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. Phil Mickelson, 51 years young that week, and he surprises all of us, and he, he makes a, a run around that golf course. We held our breath with every tee shot coming down the stretch, but there were no... Oh, no's uh, from yes. Phil Mickelson. He he handled the pressure, he executed, and he hoisted the Wanamaker Trophy again. How about that? Phil Mickelson chills now just thinking about the way that all went down and the return to fans with, uh, in, in Brooks's case, maybe a little bit too much of a return to fans coming down that 18th fairway. <laughs> well, and this one started off um, Louis Oosthuizen's round of seconds and, and thirds uh, in, in a – major championship and Brooks Kepka um, a second, but spit the bit, so to speak, after Phil Mickelson made an early double bogey um, in, in the tournament. Brooks Kepka was not able to hold on, but Phil Mickelson was. That bunker shot that he hold, that was legendary stuff. And then coming down the stretch, not making the mistakes off the tee, more so because it was Phil and his stature in the game and his history in majors with, you know, letting things slip away with bad tee shots. Yep. So uh, hats off there. Torrey Pines, again, a lot of criticism for what some golf course architect honks think is... Snobbies. Yes, yeah, a little snob. They don't think it's a, a worthy venue for a U.S. Open, but just like in 2008, it provided fireworks down the stretch. John Rahm punctuated some birdies back-to-back 17 and 18, 71st, 72nd holes. Just really impressive stuff and exciting stuff as Rahm uh, becomes a major champion winner and hoists the U.S. Open and a trophy and, and um, becomes number one player in the world. Yeah, Louis Oosthuizen unfortunately hit a bad drive off the 17th hole and hit it down into the, the canyon. Um, that cost him his chance of of winning that championship. So one swing for Louis Oosthuizen and two putts for John Rahm, and you see John Rahm come out the championship. And then we just winner. witnessed uh, Colin Morikawa bookend it with a win there at St. George's. All right, Bob. Well, I guess we got to decide what what of those seven in your mind was the best. Of those seven majors. Well, of course, it was Phil Mickelson and winning the PGA Championship. We alluded to that when we talked, spoke with the caddy a few moments ago. Yeah, that was, that was in my opinion, as well. Uh, I would go John Rahm second. I think if I had to rank him, I would go the U.S. Open. I have Open. that one this second. Is that what you would go to? And then yep. third, I probably would go with Morikawa at the PGA, to be honest and with I've you. And I've got that one as third as okay. well. Okay, and then probably I'm going to go I'm going to go. Bryson at Wingfoot. Bryson Ball at the U.S. Open. That's number four. <laughs> and then I would probably go Matsuyama. Uh, Dust, Dustin. Well, no. Well, Colin Morikawa. Where do we figure his? I would actually put probably St. George as ahead of 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 Bryson Ball in my mind. And then I'd go Bryson Ball, Matsuyama, DJ. So I'd go. I'd go Bryson Ball. Um, Colin Morikawa getting his first major championship, um, and then I would go um, 
Morikawa and DJ the final two. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, so we had them all the same until the last three. Yeah, the last three. I, I think this St. George's was actually one of the more exciting finishes. That was number three. Yeah. We chose that one. Oh, did we go with number three already? Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. So, all right. I think we're on the same track there. We'll have to break down the players and their play over the majors uh, when we have a little bit more time. Got to take a short break. We'll wrap up the show next. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Hotel Park City, along with the Spa and Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, are open. Parents were tired, forced into homeschooling, juggling work at home and kids at home. Well, take a staycation and escape to Hotel Park City. The pool's open, fitness center, bandanas grill, Ruth's Chris, the spa, and the golf course. From suites and the cottages that offer private hot tubs on the balcony and three fireplaces, you got to get away. To Hotel Park City, call 435 940 5077. That's 435 940 5077 for reservations today. 2020 has been a lesson in the unexpected, but the real estate market has adapted to the new normal. I'm Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio and the Casby Real Estate Group. With trends we've seen and the COVID vaccine, it helps us to make predictions for 2021. So here's what you can expect. Interest rates will continue to be low. Home values and prices will continue to rise for now. And there's going to be more new construction. No one can predict the future, but we have the experience to develop a unique plan just for you. So let's talk. Send an email to Bob at Casby com. That's Bob at K-A-S-B-Y realestate.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks to the caddy. Thanks to Rex Hoggard. Follow us on Twitter at Real Golf if you missed any part of the show or download it on your favorite podcast site. Keeping an eye on Ricky Fowler, who sits 124th in the FedEx Cup. He's got he's playing some good golf, and he's got to get himself inside that top 125 to keep his card, which is going to be an interesting story. Yeah. The Olympics next week, Bob. This will be big. Top 10, led by John Rahm, and then Team USA. Uh, with JT, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Bryson DeChambeau representing, um, and, and that's your top five. Team USA, a good representation. What do you expect? You know, I expect some great play. Um, what's going to really be interesting is Hideki Matsuyama. He won um, the Asian Pacific Amateur there, which allowed him to play at Augusta. He won on this golf course, so he's he's got an opportunity there to play some good golf. Boy, and is he going to get a lot of attention, no doubt about it. The reigning Masters champion from Japan as Tokyo hosts the Olympic Games. That's going to be something uh, for sure. Rory McIlroy, by the way, at 6. Victor Hovland at 7. Matsuyama there at 8. Paul Casey, Abraham Answer rounding out the top 10. Uh, for Dave Glauser, our producer, sure appreciate all the good work he does. He's Bob Casper, son of that legend, Billy Casper. I'm Brian Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us every week. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Hi, this is Jay Ritchie, the co-host of Tee to Green, the golf show, the show by golfers for golfers. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time when we talk golf in Colorado Springs, Colorado, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.